1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell, and it's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Coming up, we'll talk some college football, talking about IU, Purdue, Notre Dame. we got a lot to talk about right now, though. He's the star of the show for a reason. He's
2: really good at what he does. It's Network Indiana's Brendan King. Coach, thanks so much. Great to be with you and James Adams. Let's check in from South Bend. Since the last time we talked to you, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish have scored two more touchdowns. One of them, a touchdown run for Andrick Estime. The other, a touchdown that came from running back, Jadarian Price. So the Irish are up 27-0 nothing on the fourth rank Clemson Tigers the fourth quarter has just started DJ Ua Agole, the Clemson quarterback has only thrown for 92 yards he's been quiet on the ground Clemson running back Will Shipley 11 carrying 62 yards all in all not a great night for the Tigers they are at risk of losing for the first time this year an Irish win will put them at six and three and would surely get them back into the top 25 let's check in on the Purdue Boilermakers earlier today Iowa took down Purdue 24 3. Boilers are 5 and 4, 3 and 3 in the Big Ten. Aiden O'Connell threw two picks, 168 yards through the air. Devin Mockaby, 65 yards of rushing. Purdue, of course, did not score a touchdown, only putting up a field goal. As for the Indiana Hoosiers, number 15 Penn State defeats IU 45 14. Three total. IU quarterbacks played today. Connor Bazelak was not dressed. Jack Tuttle started the game. Jack Tuttle left with an arm injury. He was seen with a sling on his right arm. So Dexter Williams came in, threw 11 passes, 41 yards, two picks though. Then true freshman Brendan Soresby came in, three of six, also threw a pick. So Indiana, three and six, they have lost five straight games. Elsewhere, North Dakota beat Indiana State 42-7, St. Thomas 34, Valparaiso 7. Butler beat San Diego out west on a last-second field goal from Luca Zoriak, 56 yards. Dogs win 26-23. Checking some other Division III and NAIA scores. Hope over Trine 28-21. It was Wabash defeating Kenyon 49-25. DePauw 72. Oberlin, nothing. Bluffton, 27. Anderson, 9. It was defiance by a field goal over Manchester, 24-21. u defeats William Jewell, 48-14. Indiana Wesleyan puts up 61 points, beating Taylor, 61-20. Lawrence Tech edges St. Francis, 24-19. And Marion only surrenders a safety, beating Siena Heights, 24-2. To the Indianapolis Colts tomorrow, Foxboro. Colts, Pats, 1 o'clock, Greg Gumble on the call, CBS. Remember, the Colts beat the Patriots Saturday Night Football a year ago. That was on December 18th, 27-17, to much different time. Sam Ellinger, his second career start, first on the road. Let's hear from him.
3: It just comes down to controlling what you can control. There's so much in this league that's out of your control, um, and and you will exhaust yourself mentally and physically if you try to worry about all the pieces that you can't move. And so for me, um, obviously learning a lot. Um, you know, haven't been exposed to this level of you know the business aspect of sport. Um, but controlling what I can control and making sure that my performance and preparation is what I'm focused
2: on. That's Sam Ellinger. He'll make his second career start for the Colts. No Jonathan Taylor, Deion Jackson. Likely to be highly included in the rushing offense. Quitty Pay returns to the defensive line. College basketball begins on Monday. Here's some big games New Orleans at Butler at 6 30 on Monday. Earlham visits Ball State at 7. Same time for Green Bay and Indiana State. Morehead State at number 13 IU at 7 on Monday. Purdue takes on Milwaukee on Tuesday. Radford Notre Dame on Thursday. The World Series 1 0 Phillies, game 6 in Houston. Bottom of the sixth inning, the Phillies lead one zip kyle schwarber his sixth playoff home run i'm brendan king welcome back everybody
1: this is indiana sports talk and it's brought to you by indiana donor network driven the number two save lives.org is their website college football today penn state beats iu 45 14 from the iu sports network john harrick joins me hello john
4: Hello, Bob. I think I can safely say that you and I are both doing better than the Indiana football team.
1: Well, this reminds me of last year. You know, where you have injuries. You've got a quarter. you got injuries at quarterback. You're bringing in a freshman quarterback <laughs> to debut against Penn State. Am I am I wrong in that regard that it's reminiscent it of what they went through a year ago?
4: Yeah, I, Don Fisher summed it up best. I mean, he, you know, Murphy's Law. I mean. After about the seventh or eighth thing went wrong, and wow. I think Penn State took a took a thirty one seven lead. I think we all just looked at each other in the booth and just said, "Not only is it just not your day, it's just it's just not your year." And it looked so promising to start off, you know, three and zero, and now you, things don't get any easier because you got to go to Ohio State uh, right, next week, right. and it just I I thought the bye week would help. It seemed like the bye week was going to help. But again, and again, I know Penn State is very good. And after IU sure. went down and scored a touchdown to make it a 7-7 game, you're thinking, okay, well, the defense is playing well. If the offense can continue to maintain something or give them something, a lift, then the defense can sustain it because the defense has kept them in a lot of games this year. But then Jay, you know, Jack Tuttle gets hurt in the second quarter. He gets taken out. Another freshman quarterback comes in. Things don't work out with him. Then they bring in Dexter Williams, who's also a freshman who looks solid, but he's still young and trying to figure things out. And he throws two interceptions. And Penn State is just – it's just – they're too good of a football team on their own without you helping them with your own mistakes. And it it was just a day where it just felt like an avalanche of things just kept going wrong
1: well it's a team that has very little margin for error to begin with you know what i mean and mm-hmm. so you need to have you need to have your number ones and so when you're down like at at QB you're down to number 3 and 4 there's a reason why guys are 3 and 4 on the depth chart and you know to be thrust into this situation against Penn State is a daunting task to say the least and when you make mistakes they cascade they they they, they it becomes um, unmanageable, unfortunately, at times.
4: Yeah, and there's there's just opportunities that I feel like they left on the field a couple times. Just a few plays here right. and there where they where they had drop passes, and then you know, player two where they you know, like Jack Tuttle for example, he he slides on a first on a third down where it looks like he got the first down. Well, he started to slide before the first down marker. Uh, so now instead of it being yikes. first and ten, it's fourth and one. It's right. just like. I mean, that was a drive that they had going. And it was like, that, you know, that's early in the game. I mean, you score a touchdown there, you give yourself some life and the crowd stays in it. Who knows how things start to turn around for, from there, but things just started to snowball. And, um, and un- unfortunately for IU, their schedule is backloaded with, you know, really good teams. And so they had to play Penn state and, you know, now Ohio state next week and back-to-back weeks. And so Um, You know, you close out the season with Michigan State and Purdue, two very winnable games after that, although there is some hope Mm -hmm. against Ohio State, too. Ohio State didn't look great today against Northwestern, but this team just has got to get healthy, has to get settled on a quarterback, and they've got to figure out some sort of offensive line combination that works because the offensive line combination they tried a few different times Mm -hmm. today. Just mm-hmm. didn't work out. They gave up almost ten sacks. It's it's just that's not sustainable and that's not going right, to get it done.
1: Right. So, what's the quarterback situation look like? I know you know it's literally up in the air. Uh, so, what's your best guess?
4: Oh well, I mean, I won't even know that till probably next Saturday, right before kickoff. Much like today, because I'm sure Tom Allen won't want to say much. But honestly, their best answer right now, I would think, would be Dexter Williams because even though he threw two interceptions today. Arguably, they weren't all his fault. He didn't get the type of protection he needed, and um, that led to the interceptions. But he's mobile. He's fast. He's got a strong arm. And I think if you can give him some protection and keep him upright, he's got a chance at a bright future. Uh, Connor Bazelak may come back, but he's been beat up all season. And that was that's a big reason why that right. he, that he couldn't right. make the start today. He's just he's – he's been – He's got several ailments that have been hindering him, and he wasn't even on the active roster. So it's totally in flux. That injury to Jack Tuttle looked pretty serious. I'd be shocked if he comes back um, at all for the rest of the year. It it looks, at least after today, um, like Dexter Williams is the best option, which who would have thought that I'd be saying that at 7.30 in the evening because I sure didn't think that at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's amazing how one thing can change over the course of a few hours.
1: He's John Herrick from the IU Sports Network. IU losing to Penn State 45-14. John, thanks for your time. Have fun Monday with some basketball. Thanks so much, John.
4: Not a problem. Thank you, Coach.
1: Thank you. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about the Colts in New England after the scoreboard update on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
2: I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Before we get to our high school football regional matchups in the IHSAA Football State Tournament, let's get a check-in from South Bend. 28-7 now that score, Notre Dame leading Clemson. The Irish have the ball, 10 minutes to play in the fourth quarter. So Marcus Freeman's team, the goal right now, kill some clock after Clemson scored their first points of the night. A rushing touchdown for Will Shipley. That was all set up on a big DJ Uaga-like quarterback keeper run that got them to the goal line. Nonetheless, nonetheless, Notre Dame's still up three scores as of now with under 10 to play in the fourth quarter. All right, let's get to some high school football matchups for next week. We'll start from Class A. North Judson takes on Park Tudor. Carol Flora battles Adams Central and Regional. Sheridan and North Decatur. Indianapolis Lutheran and Providence. In Class 2A, Barnburner, Andrean, and Laf- Lafayette Central Catholic. That follows Fort Wayne Lures and Bluffton, letting Stockton faces off with lapel, and Triton Central squares against Evansville Modern Day. To note Modern Day Andrean was the 2A state championship from a year ago. In Class 3A, West Lafayette battles Knox. Yorktown takes on Chittard. It's Monrovia going against Owen Valley, then Lawrenceburg and Southridge. Lastly, 4A, New Prairie, Northridge, Columbia City, and Kokomo. Ron Colley, New Palestine. Get ready for that one. East Central Evansville Memorial. We'll get to 5A and 6A at 1030. I'm Brendan King.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. We're so glad you're with us. Absolutely, tremendously pleased that you've joined us, and we're glad that you were with us last night, too, because um, it was fun. It's all it's all good on the high school uh, football scene, and it was, um, it was a very busy night. And um, hopefully you'll be with us, again on Friday night as we get into the regionals high school football notwithstanding one of the uh, well he's broadcaster of the year a year ago in the Indiana Sports and Sportscasters uh, Association Greg Raikstrall joins me from the ISC network and any other uh, outlet you can talk about plus part of the Colts radio network hosting the call-in show Colts in New England Greg thank you so much for the call and uh, first of all, it was a fun night of high school football last night. You had a you had a, a great game. Uh, you had the Cathedral matchup with Lawrence Central. What a fun, fun night of football last night.
5: I'm just happy those two were able to play. And, you know, they're separated by 2.3 miles. I mean, literally, it is right. at Heath Cathedral High School, turn right on 56th Street, see stadium lights, turn yeah. left, and boom, there you are. Right. Um, <laughs> And, and no, so they've been yeah. in the same basketball <laughs> sectional now, you know, for, for a decade plus. Right. But their paths only crossed in football really four times in the last twenty five years. And the last three times they have been in six A, they have played in the same sectional, which is not a surprise given how close they are. And I do know that just the kind of kind of the way things are working in terms of six A scheduling that Cathedral is starting to get more six A teams to play them. For example, North Central comes on their mm-hmm. sectional or comes on their schedule in right. Week Five. Under the Cathedral-Roncalli rivalry resumes in Week Eight this coming year. So I'm hopeful that, that Cathedral and L C can play each other on a more regular basis, not just in the postseason.
1: That's well said. All right. Speaking of rivalries, we got a little game. Clearly, it's not Manning and Brady, but uh, a, a very important game for different reasons for New England and the Colts coming up tomorrow. Uh, I tend to think that it's um, more important for the Colts. They need to get themselves going in the right direction. But it's similarly similarly important for New England because uh, a lot is on the line for both these teams.
5: Here's the crazy thing is, Bob, is is, let's go back to December 18th of last year. Colts beat the Patriots uh, for the first time. I think since 2009, uh, the Colts beat the Patriots. And that was a night where Carson Wentz did not play well. The Colts found a way to win. It was a Saturday night game, a prime time game. That gave the Colts their eighth win of the season. And we're sitting here thinking, hey, this team's going to be a tough outcome playoff time. Since that time, the Colts have won four football games. They did not make the playoffs. In the last two weeks, they have changed quarterbacks. They have traded away uh, their second running back. And they have fired the offensive coordinator in the last week. And so I, I, I put that all in context. A buddy of mine on Thursday or Friday goes, oh, it's Patriots week. So like in any other year, even those t- two teams <laughs> don't have the same feel of Brady Manning and, and haven't played as frequently in, in the last decade. It's still such an afterthought because of everything that is going on with this football team for it to be Patriots week. it's Oh, by the way, it's Colts and Patriots are playing tomorrow at 1 o'clock. It's a very weird place to kind of be in right now with this football team.
1: It's weird uh, on a lot of levels. One is we, you know, you mentioned the running back situation. Uh, for those who aren't as uh, involved in it as you, who's the running? But who starts at running back? <laughs> you know, that's Deion, you know, Deion, uh, that's Jackson, a central Jones, question. Can...
5: And and, 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 oh, I, and, and he had a nice played. week last week. Correct. And 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 Dion played well. Uh, you know, when he played against Jacksonville, when he played against the Denver Broncos. Second-year man out of Duke. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent, but a guy that had kind of earmarked last year that they thought he was a guy that could do something. And it was really more of a special teams player last year. had all of 13 carries for 31 yards in his rookie season. Um, but, but he was a difference maker. Now, when Jonathan Taylor has been healthy... There weren't many touches for anybody else, and clearly that was right. the issue for Naheem right. Hines, and now he is playing for the Buffalo Bills, and I think he fits them perfectly. I think he's going to do great things for the team that I think is probably the best team in football in the Buffalo Bills. But no Jonathan taylor to an in ankle injury. Naheem Hines has been traded. Uh, the running back depth chart for tomorrow would be Deion Jackson 1, Philip Lindsay 2, maybe Zach Moss, who they got back from the Bills 3 Maybe Jordan Wilkins, who had been with the team uh, from 2018 through 2020, was not active with the team last year, was in camp with the Titans, got cut at the at the end of August, signed the practice squad this week. Maybe he's in the mix there as well. But really, I think Deion Jackson is going to be an offensive focal point uh, for the game coming up.
1: Interesting, I think, to see the progress that Sam Ellinger makes tomorrow as opposed to last week. I thought he did a very credible job. People should have been pleased with, with what he did. Uh, I, I think you know, that you're asking him uh, not to hurt you. You're asking him to manage the game, and I thought he did that well. It would be very interesting to see how he progresses because we know uh, Belichick's Yep. For trying to take away certain things. And we see how interesting to see how that dynamic plays out tomorrow.
5: The thing that I think, obviously, if you're Bill Belichick, you're trying to take away is Michael Pittman, right? You know, because he has been the biggest yeah. threat on yeah. the most, most consistent basis. And so I hope we see progress for Sam Ellinger. I think just because of circumstance, there'll be more asked of him. You know, clearly it was kind of a training wheels playbook. Right uh, and, and play calls I think that Frank Reich had last week but Sam's numbers were 17 of 23 201 yards uh, I thought Sam was really good last week um, Again, in a normal situation I think you would ask him to do more but you cited the biggest reason why I mean Bill Belichick now has, has the second most wins uh, of any coach right. in NFL history and I dare say he's the best head coach in NFL history uh, you know what he has done in this age of football over the course of the last couple of decades so I hope we see more from Sam Ellinger tomorrow. I hope we see progress. But if he doesn't, that doesn't mean that Sam Ellinger is suddenly a bad quarterback. It means that generally quarterbacks that are making their second NFL start don't fare well against a Bill Belichick coach, team.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a daunting task, to say the least. And it's also a situation where... All three phases of the game have to show up. Your specialty, you you have to create. You know, a basketball analogy for me is, man, you got to start creating. You got to create some things defensively. You got to win the uh, giveaway, takeaway battle. You got to really make some things happen with your special teams and defensive units to take a little bit of the pressure off this offense.
5: And for all the things that we have talked about this year, and all the ways we have dissected what has gone wrong for this football team. The biggest thing and the most important stat in the National Football League is giveaway takeaway. And the last year the Indianapolis Colts forced thirty-three turnovers. Well yeah. I would argue they have been better overall defensively this year than last year. Um, they have not been as good at taking away the football. And clearly the Colts have had much more of a pension for giving away the football. It's why Matt Ryan along with the quarterback. And even last week, if you saw the one if you had the one negative of Sam Ellinger, it would be the fumble that he had in the red zone to go along with the fumble that jonathan taylor had in the red zone right in each game so um even if they're just neutral in the turnover battle they'll give themselves much more of a chance to win the football game in foxborough tomorrow
1: he's greg Rakestraw. he's pretty good at what he does have fun tomorrow on the call-in show uh, I'll call. I'll be the guy that says long time, first time. So you, you'll, you'll know. <laughs> you, you'll know me. Colts in New England tomorrow. Greg, thanks. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Bob. You too. Coming up, more football. Busy night. Lots of football. We're going to talk. Rob Blackman from Purdue talking about the Purdue loss. Yikes, Iowa just (laughs) dominates them totally today. Second straight, not good performance for the Boilers, so we'll talk about that. Coming up later on tonight, uh, we'll talk with Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network and the Indiana Football Digest, my go-to guy on high school football We'll recap last night's sectional championships around the state. He'll also give you an inside look at what the regionals will look like. Scoreboard update with Brendan King, and then we'll come back and talk Purdue football and Indiana
0: Sports Talk. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy.
2: I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk, a check back in South Bend with four to go in the fourth quarter. The Irish have expanded their lead. A Michael Mayer touchdown, courtesy of Drew Pine, makes it a 35-7 game. The Irish lead the number four Clemson Tigers, who are undefeated on the season. They are eight-and-o. Notre Dame, unranked right now, trying to pull the upset. Regionals in the IHSAA football state tournament. We went through classes 1A to 4A. Here is 5A regionals coming up this weekend. Marinville taking on Valparaiso. Then it's Mishawaka battling Fort Wayne Snyder, Plainfield, and Whiteland. Lastly, Bloomington South faces off with Castle. In class 6A, Lafayette Jeff squares off with Carroll Fort Wayne. HSE Westfield. How about this? Brownsburg and Cathedral. A gauntlet. Lastly, Warren Central. They face off. With Center Grove, your regionals in the IHSAA football state tournament. In the World Series, as mentioned, Kyle Schwarber opened the scoring of game six down in Houston with a solo home run, his sixth of the postseason. Well, the Astros have fought back with four runs. Houston can win the World Series tonight with a victory. Top of the seventh, the Astros score four runs. Three of them coming off of one swing from the power-hitting lefty Jordan Alvarez. A monstrous three-run home run. 4-1 Astros in the seventh inning. I'm
1: Brendan King. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talks brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Purdue – Iowa at, uh, at uh, Ross Aid Stadium today. This one is all Iowa twenty-four-three. The final with me from the Purdue Radio Network. Our good friend Rob Blackman and Rob uh, second straight week. A disappointing day. Uh, I- I've read all the articles, seen all the tweets and everything about you know the 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 train coming out and getting stalled and you know the, the comparison comparison between that the train mouth functioning and the football team malfunctioning i guess when you're in the media you're looking for those kinds of hooks so to speak but uh (laughs) it's just not a good day not not a good day at all at ross Aid today
6: how about that for an omen you start the game your team racing out onto the field in front of a sold-out crowd and the train that leads you onto the field makes it about 20 yards and then just comes to a dead stop. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, that. We didn't know it at the time, but that was kind of an omen indeed for what Purdue was going to do, especially offensively. Uh, Three points for Purdue, which is the lowest output ever in the Jeff Brom era. Uh, a, a really really forgettable day for Aiden O'Connell his worst performance of the year 20 of 43 with two interceptions and and no touchdowns and uh, I mean look it, it, being as objective as you can possibly be about Purdue football when your best player who is obviously Aiden O'Connell if he has a bad a bad day like he had today, Uh, it just makes it nearly impossible for you to win. Purdue just is not, you know, at Ohio State or Michigan, you can sometimes get away with your best player uh, not having his best day and still find a way to win. And unfortunately for Purdue, they're not in that position, at least not yet anyway. And and it's not all on Aiden Aiden O'Connell. I'm certainly not trying to say that. But uh, in a matchup like this against one of the best defenses in the country, uh, fifth in the country in points allowed per game, uh, if you're if your best offensive player has a forgettable day you're probably in for a or in for a long day and uh man was it a long day for Purdue long day for Purdue tough one to watch today
1: yeah i mean it's you bring up a very very good point that i Iowa is fifth in the nation in points allowed for a reason. <laughs> I mean, they are. You talk about a, you know when you talk about identities of teams, right? And, and you yeah. you want teams to take on an identity and, and own it and, and, and really do it. Here's an identity that Iowa has. They're going to lock you up, and and that's exactly what they did with the Boilers. And you're right. Your trigger man has to play on a day like today. But listen, uh, you got to find somebody else. Special teams. You have to it's one of those things where you have to create different things if you can. And they were unable to do it today.
6: And you know, get maybe even a little something from your defense. And certainly Purdue's defense wasn't terrible today, but right. you know they didn't create didn't create any turnovers. And today was one of those days where, man, if your defense can give you a turnover or two, maybe it helps ignite or jumpstart your offense. Right? Uh, and that did not happen. Um, so yeah, this was just one of those days. And you said it. You know, this is now two games in a row. Uh, that Purdue's really put up a couple of clunkers. Uh, of course, had the bye week in between, but still the fact of the matter is you go to you go to Wisconsin two weeks ago and really play poorly uh, offensively, and then you come back off the bye week and play poorly again against Iowa, which is really it, – it's, it's perplexing as a Purdue fan because Purdue was so good, as you know, Bob, early right. in the season. Right. I mean, my gosh, Purdue was good uh, and was winning a lot of close games and was doing so many of the little things right and then – uh, for whatever reason, man, these last two games have just not gone Purdue's way for for a number of reasons. But uh, that's what makes it say, look. Welcome to college football, right? When you're dealing with 18 year <laughs> old guys, it's right? The week proposition. You really never know. Uh, you, you you certainly wish you knew, but you don't. And um, the the only real saving grace. And this sounds crazy to say, after as poorly as Purdue played today. The fact that Illinois lost today means Purdue didn't lose any ground. Purdue's right where they were when the day started. Right. Which which is, if you win out, you're the champions of the Big Ten West division. Uh, You're going to have to go win at Illinois next Saturday, which the way Purdue's playing right now seems like like a long shot. but. Uh, that that's about the only positive news that came out of today is Purdue still has a chance here to win the division. But I don't think that's what Jeff Brom and his coaching staff are talking about right now in their late night meetings. They're, I don't think they're talking about winning a division. They're just trying to figure out how to get this thing back on the back on the rails, if you will, and, and get this thing pointed in the right direction the way it was, you know, back in early October.
1: Well I mean the the obvious discussion is you know we have to execute better. I mean I think we all understand that. But uh, you know sometimes it, it 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 gets away from you. As you understand this, it gets away quickly and you're scratching your head trying to figure out what just happened and these are hard answers to come up with and then now you start to put some pressure more pressure on yourself to compete and do things right and, and all those things. You know when you get in a slump now I mean it's it's uh hard to Explain why you went in it, and it's hard to explain how to get out of it.
6: Yeah, and I tell you, Purdue, really, in the, each of these last two games uh, against Wisconsin and Iowa. What has happened for Purdue is exactly what the game plan said could not happen, and that is you can't get behind early. You just right. can't fall behind early to Wisconsin or Iowa because then you're playing right into their hands. If they if they have the lead on you, um, they're going to run the football. They're going to eat a ton of time off the clock, and they're just simply going to not allow you to win the game because they're not going to give you enough possessions to win the game. Uh, and that's what's happened these last two ball games. And you know, against Iowa, uh, for instance, you have to be able to sustain long drives you have to find a way to score the ball uh the football and keep the ball out of their offense's hands not that they have a great offense they do not but again they're just going to grind you out they're going to eat so much time off right. the clock. you're never never going to have the ball so what happens today to Purdue Purdue's two of 16 on third down Two of sixteen. Oh my! That's not. Yeah, that's oh not my. sustaining drives. That that's uh-huh. exactly. Uh-huh. What, that's exactly what Iowa wants you to do: three and out, and punt the ball to them. Three and out, punt the ball to them. That's exactly their game plan. That's how they win as many games as they do. So you play right into their hands. You know, look, Purdue had more first downs today. Purdue had time of possession in their favor, but if you can't sustain long drives, if you can't put drives together you're just swimming upstream against the Iowas and the Wisconsin's. And unfortunately that's the same game plan for Illinois next week in Champaign. So if Purdue can't get this figured out in the next seven days, it's unfortunately probably going to be the same type of scenario. So uh, welcome to Mm. the big 10 West. This is how teams play. It's tough. It's hard nosed. It's run the football, control the clock, um, and that's uh, that. That right now is something Purdue's struggling with, and and they, like I said, they have about seven days here to get this thing figured out.
1: Iowa beats the Boilermakers twenty-four to three. Rob Blackman with us. All right, now you start to be a very busy man because you got a ball game, basketball game on Tuesday night at home against Milwaukee.
6: Yeah, so it gets pretty busy, and I'm not complaining because certainly a 100- hundred. Thousand things uh, I could be doing, it wouldn't be nearly as much fun. So, but yeah, Tuesday night home opener against Milwaukee, then Friday night home game against Austin P, and then Saturday at Illinois for football. So, uh, anxious to watch the basketball team. Obviously, you had a chance to watch them play Wednesday night in the exhibition game against Truman State. Uh, you know that, was, that that game was a little unfair because Truman State, you know, their tallest player is sure. six foot eight. So Purdue just threw it into Zach Eady every time, and they they had no answer. That that's not going to be the case, obviously, every game. But uh, young team, uh, eight new faces on this team that were not wearing a Purdue uniform, at least in the game situation last year. Uh, Matt Painter, he always talks about you, if you want to be good in the Big Ten, you have to get old and stay old. And this team is not old. This team is far from old. I mean, started two true freshmen in the backcourt in that uh, exhibition game uh, on Wednesday with, with Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer. So this is kind of an anti-Matt uh, Painter team in a lot of ways. <laughs> so young. Right. Um, but I, I, to me, I think that's what makes this going to make this group so much fun to watch. Kind of similar to the Indiana Pacers for Pacers fans that are listening. A young group that's got a whole lot of upside, but there are going to be some growing pains. And if you can just accept right, the fact right. that you're going to have some growing pains, I, I think you're going to like the finished product when it's all said and done.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: Rob Blackman, thanks for taking time. I know you've had a long day. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you next weekend. Sounds good. Thank you, Bob. Thanks a lot, Rob Blackman. Purdue losing to Iowa twenty four to three. That was disappointing. Really it really was. and And also the comedy of errors to start the game with the uh, with the train and and the similarities between the train malfunction and the team. Purdue Basketball, Tuesday, hosting Milwaukee. I use it home on Monday. Taking on Moorhead State. We'll talk more college basketball, too, later on. Coming up, we'll talk a little hoop after the scoreboard update with Brendan King on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
2: I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. And for the second consecutive time in South Bend, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish have defeated the Clemson Tigers this time, handing Clemson their first loss, the Tigers number four in the country up until tonight. Clemson is now 8-1. The Irish are 6-3 after Notre Dame topples Clemson 35-14. Well, Drew Pine, 9-17 of 17 for 85 yards. That was good enough to win it, though. He threw one touchdown pass. That was to Michael Mayer to seal it. Clemson, kind of their two touchdowns were each in garbage time. DJ Ua Aguilé had a nice run up the middle on a QB keeper. They later scored on a touchdown run for Will Shipley. They added another rushing touchdown, courtesy of DJ Ua a ugly, but ultimately that was all. Notre Dame wins it. Logan Diggs, 114 yards on the ground. Audric Estime added 104. Michael Mayer, the leading Irish receiver, with 44 yards through the air. It's a good night in South Bend. A check at the World Series. 4-1, the Houston Astros lead the Philadelphia Phillies in Houston. Bottom seven, the Phillies on the board first with a Kyle Schwarber solo home run. His sixth of the playoffs, but Houston quickly retaliated a three run home run by Jordan Alvarez, then another RBI courtesy of Christian Vasquez. Houston can win the World Series tonight, by the way. ECHL hockey, the Indy Fuel beat the Kalamazoo K Wings. That's a final of 5 1. And elsewhere in college football, Butler beat San Diego 26 23. Walk off field goal. Go, dogs. I'm Brendan King.
1: Yeah, go, dogs. Spoken like a Butler, grad. <laughs> great win. They're playing great football. Kurt Darling joins me. We're talking basketball. Hello, Kurt Darling. Hey there,
3: Coach. How you doing tonight?
1: I'm uh, intrigued with your tweet. I mean, in, I'm intrigued with the opportunity to talk basketball, the Indiana Lions.
3: Tell people about the Indiana Lions. Okay, yeah. So, people who may not know, the um, basically the, A- the ABA, the American Basketball Association, uh, right. was essentially reborn back in 2000, and of course has just been building up. Uh, basically, it's made up over 200 teams around the around the country broken up into different regions well the indiana lions started a couple about about five or six years ago have been slowly building up a following and now they have really come on strong here so they are the indiana's aba team basically now and they started their next season this here this afternoon um in danville where they play at bostick gym over in danville which is a very historic uh, gymnasium so um but it's a very there. unique yeah. league they have a whole bunch of different rules and stuff like that and so Bottom line is, it's like, yeah, it's just, you know, Indiana, they're getting into a, a more professional basketball, and the ABA is really coming on strong.
1: I've played mm-hmm. in that gymnasium. I don't want to tell you how long ago, but I've played, I played <laughs> in it. That's where that's where the, the, the Danville played uh, their, their high school games, and I've certainly, being a playing field grad, I've played there. So tell me who they beat. Did they play? They played today, right? Did they
3: win? Uh, Unfortunately, Coach, they did not. Uh, They came up short in their uh, season opener here tonight against the uh, Excelsior Springs Scream, which are based out of Missouri. So, uh, but yeah, it was you know it was a pretty good start for the Lions. They actually jumped out to a 14 to 7 lead, uh, but then they really allowed Excelsior Springs to come back on a big run to close off the first quarter. And then going into halftime, where they were down 51 to 47 at halftime. But then again, uh, the Lions, you know, they really came back again in the in the third quarter. They had a lot of big uh, big buckets from uh, big Cam Campbell tonight. Uh, he ended up finishing tonight with 25 points to lead the Lions. But overall, Coach, they just committed a whole bunch of turnovers down the stretch. And mm, Excelsior mm. Springs with a lot of – and they had a big size advantage too as well. So they right. were able to take on that as well. So they ended up coming back. And uh, unfortunately, it was a 93-87 to 87 loss to open the season tonight. So, But, you know, there's a lot of promise for the Lions. You know, they're coming off of a North Central Region title – just a season ago where they went eighty-eight and 18 or 18 and eight. So lots of promise here. Still lots of basketball to be played for the season.
1: So tell me about the different rule changes or the
3: different mm-hmm. rules
1: that this, that this league has you alluded to earlier.
3: Yeah. So, um, well, I'll, I'll start off here with this one. So, you know how in the normal sense of basketball, you have 10 seconds to get across the timeline, right? Well, Right, And right. the ABA, you only have seven seconds to get across the timeline. So you have to get over quicker, <laughs> but also also basket right. interference. Now, right. you know how when the basket's up on the bat on the cylinder, you're not allowed to sure. touch it in the regular game, right? Well, in the ABA, you can grab that ball off of the cylinder and it is still a legal play. But then the one of the most unique rules <laughs> is called the 3D rule. So what happens is if there is a turnover in the backcourt, the team that comes up with the turnover, their next basket is worth one more point. So a two-point field goal becomes a three-point field goal. A three-point field goal becomes a four-point field goal. But then also, right. if a team, if a player, or if a player hits a shot from beyond half court, that shot is already a four-point field goal. So there's a lots of different scoring as well. <laughs> and then, um, and then also, right? The final touch, the cherry on top. There is no fouling out. However, when you get to the sixth foul for a player, the player that commits that foul, will get, gets fouled, will get one extra free throw when they go to the foul stripe. So no fouling out, but you get more free throws if, you get the, if you're on the right. receiving end of that foul. <laughs> He's Kurt
1: Darling. On the call of the Indiana Lions matchup, The Excelsior Springs from uh, Missouri. Hey, Kurt, this was fun. I'm glad you called me. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Coach. You too. Coming up, short break. We'll come back and talk some football on Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Brendan King, tonight. Doing scores. Brendan, how are you tonight?
2: Well, Coach, we just got a Notre Dame win wrapped up. So that uh, is a great thing to have at 11 p.m. Okay, on a Saturday. Good timing. Yep. Great timing. That's good timing. Great What's timing. What's the final, 35-14? 35-14, that's the final. Yeah.
1: Got to tell you, that surprises me. You know, oh, I mean, I, I and I'm not can't believe it. Being, I'm not trying to be negative. No, uh, no, no, yeah, no. I'm not trying to be negative or anything, but I'm just, I'm just saying. At what point? I know that they've played well defensively. I think that's something that has uh, the, def- the defensive efforts been consistent to this point. But at what point did you see them being able to literally uh, keep uh, one of the best teams in the country off the scoreboard? as long as they did.
2: No, coach, they showed up defensively. There's no doubt about it. Um remember, yeah, th- th- this is this is not was. This is a Notre Dame team that lost to Marshall at home just a matter of weeks ago, right? And they just took down the number right. 4 team in the country. Coach, I as good as they were defensively tonight. I have never seen Actually, I shouldn't say never. I have not seen a Notre Dame team with this level of running back depth since my dad was getting his master's in 2007 at the University of Notre Dame. It was a backfield led by Darius Walker. They had a couple other pieces that were really complimentary. And what you have in this Notre Dame backfield, Coach, Logan Diggs and Audrick Estime just ran for 100 yards each for the third time in the last four weeks. Diggs had 114 yards. Estimate had 104. And then Chris Tyree added 26. Now, Chris Tyree at one point was the starting running back on this team. And Chris Tyree has kind of taken a backseat because of the skill level of guys like Diggs and Estimate. Well, you got a three-headed monster right there, Coach. And as we have seen in college football, upon years and years of watching this college football playoff era, right, what usually wins? Power hitting running backs. And Notre Dame's got a few of them. So th- that was as... Um, Impactful to tonight's game as Notre Dame was defensively.
1: Yeah, and Drew Pine had you know not a great day, but a a serviceable day, so to speak. And but if you're able to to lock people up defensively and just pound them uh, with the ground game, you know that's a formula for success.
2: It is, Coach. I mean, Drew Pine. This is his final line: nine of seventeen for eighty-five yards and a touchdown. That just beat. The number four team yeah. in the country. Yeah. Look, coach, again, if that is good enough to beat Clemson, Notre Dame's got a bright future <laughs> the rest of the year. But again, you cannot count, <laughs> right. right? You can't count on shutting out a team right. like Clemson in a half, right? That just rarely happens. No, not but at all. The game plan by Marcus Freeman, give him credit because he just won over a lot of people in South Bend tonight
1: well yeah <laughs> that that's an attention getting win for heaven's sakes uh, other programs you would say it's a program win Notre Dame you're saying yeah that's what we needed to do Yeah, you are the man we're going to talk a little bit now coming up in the next hour if that's alright with you you got it he's Brendan King coming up with a school board update in just a couple of minutes this is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk